Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, and this is episode number 171. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you hear or see in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Good to, ha- good to be back with you guys again. Had a really, really huge day. In fact, today I would probably call a recognition day. Um, we're lucky to get one of these kind of days every year. And today was a big one. We had a lot of news come out of Japan yesterday after hours. And um, I will talk about that in the mailbag section as far as what that means for the markets and why did the markets respond the way they did. Uh, we had huge, huge updates for pretty much uh, most, if not all, uranium stocks across the board. Even the large caps and ETFs had really big days. We'll go over the charts in just a second. Run through the daily scoreboard really quickly here, but I want to talk uh, more in depth about the Japanese news and the market's reaction to it. So without further ado, let's jump right into the daily scoreboard here. Spot price of uranium sitting now at fifty, uh, excuse me, 48.50 a pound mid-market. Um, up about 65, 70 cents since yesterday. Not a huge move, but significant to see that it was moving. Now, it's entirely possible that we did actually have Sprott in the market today because although yesterday Sput closed at a minus 11.3% discount to their net asset value, they traded up over 13% on the day, closing at the highs of the day, closing at a premium to NAV for the first time since the second week of June. It's been more than two months. And when they had a premium to NAV on that day, that was just one or two days. And it was an additional month or so prior to that where they had traded at a persistent discount to NAV as well. So just an absolutely huge day for SPUT and on respectable volume as well. Obviously yesterday they did not raise any new cash or buy any any new pounds of uranium. Still sitting on 36 million in cash. The equity ETFs, URA URA reported 470,000 shares and redemptions. That was probably from Friday's trading, while URNM reported no change. That was uh, 6.5 million in mandated selling from URA's redemptions. Um, The markets yesterday, uranium shares, they firmed up considerably, um, even with the backdrop of 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 a red broad market. And today, as I've mentioned, and as I'm sure you are already well aware, the sector was on fire. On that note, let's take a look at the charts. URA strongly back into this, uh, above this lower trend line for this Livermore accumulation cylinder on breakout volume, closing basically at the highs on the day within a couple of pennies in the highs on the day. Beautiful, beautiful chart, uh, making a higher high from the previous high a couple of weeks back. RSI looking like it's in good shape. To me, this looks like a big start of, it's probably going to be a decent move up here. Um, I would very much like to see a number of these stocks hold the gains into tomorrow's trading. I would not like to see them give up most or all of the gains of today. I think it's highly unlikely that that happens naturally with a day of this size. It's natural that we'll see traders take some profits. We probably will see some profit taking happening tomorrow. But if we hold on to these gains or most of these gains, that is very, very bullish for the coming weeks and potentially even months. Looking at URNM relative to the spot price of uranium, again, a huge, huge day. 
RSI uh, going on a vertical moonshot, gapping up, closing near the highs of the day, um, looking like uranium miners getting some decent valuation back again relative to the spot price of uranium. I do think today also is likely to kick off and move in the spot price of uranium. We're probably going to see uh, back up above $50 by the end of the week. I would not be surprised to see that. Um, and I would obviously like to see the equities at the very least move sideways in this chart with the spot price of uranium rising. Cameco, an absolutely monstrous day, up almost 15% on the day, huge breakout volume. And this is one that I thought was uh, very obvious that the market got this wrong on Friday. We had options expiration day. Um, we had risk off across most markets, but Cameco got particularly crushed on Friday. They were down over 8% uh, for really no reason at all, other than that was options expiration day. And I'm sure we had a ton of short dated call options uh, and long dated call options expiring that day with a lot of speculative money that the market had to punish. Well, a couple of days later, we have a massive breakout on really, really big volume. Absolutely beautiful, making a higher high. RSI looking good, uh, looks very, very good here. Back above all of these, uh, back above the 200-day moving average, 50-day moving average starting to point upwards. That is a good sign. Back even above the 20-day moving average. Now I'd like to see that 200-day turn and move back up into positive territory. Which after a day like today, give it a little bit of lag time, uh, that will be moving upwards soon enough. URA relative to the S&P, another huge day uh, uh, for this particular chart as well. We're back above this trend line for the performance of the uranium equities relative to the S&P 500. Beautiful chart. And finally, Sprott Physical Uranium Trust with an absolutely gorgeous candle today, gapping up on the open and closing at the highs of the day, up 13.2% on the day. Very nice above average volume, not massive breakout volume like we've seen on the previous big uptrends. But now that we're at that premium to nav, let's see if we can see some higher volumes come into this puppy in the next couple of days. That obviously would be a good sign. If we reverse back down, I, any any discount to nav that we approach here, and I know I was pounding the table on this yesterday and possibly the, in the couple of days before that as far as discount to nav. Anytime we get to a big discount to nav again, between now and when the sector really takes off, if we get that opportunity again, treat it as an opportunity. I don't think we are going to see that. Will we go back to a slight discount to NAV? Of course, that will always have a chance of happening. But if you recall, during these previous up moves in the market, um, we had multiple days, if not multiple weeks, uh, in a row of SPUT being at least above the, the, the premium to NAV, uh, above their net asset value for part of the trading day. Um, and that is entirely possible going forward. All right, let's talk about Japan. <clears throat> okay, so what happened? Um, after hours yesterday, there was an article that came out from Reuters um, highlighting and quoting a number of snippets from the new prime minister of Japan, Kishida, basically saying that they want to restart seven reactors by the middle of next year. Seven more reactors, I should say. Um, I, I don't know if that seven reactors includes the few reactors that had already been restarted but are currently offline due to maintenance. I don't know. I didn't get that clarity from his statement or from any of the interpretation. Either way, uh, that would still be four or maybe five reactors restarted by the middle of next year. Uh, to my knowledge, there's only one, maybe two, that were already set to restart. 
uh, during that time frame by uh, the second half of next year. So this is a considerable acceleration. Now, uh, Cantor Fitzgerald put out a report that I'm going to share right now, and I'm going to share a couple of highlights from this report. And I will go ahead and link to that report in the show notes in the description below. And I highly recommend you check this out because I think it did a decent job of um, of picking out really what this means in terms of market moving news coming from uh, Japan. All right, start this off. We have uh, Kishida stating nuclear power and renewables. Let's see, I'm going to go all the way down here. Nuclear power and renewables are essential to proceed with the green transformation. Japan's Ministry of Economy, Trade, and Industry, METI, is aiming to restart seven nuclear power plants by mid-2023, and Prime Minister Kishida is calling for extensions to the current 60-year lifespan for existing nuclear power plants. Japan is also looking to greenlight the development and construction of new next-generation nuclear reactors. So that's kind of threefold here, right? The, the, this development has clear positive implications to the uranium sector over the short-term reactor restarts, midterm new builds, and longer term life extensions. So this this really kind of sums it up considerably well. And this this news is bullish on all of those timeframes. This accelerated reactor restart situation um, really could cause uh, a, a situation with supply and demand that's already getting tighter. And the reasoning for that is a number of these reactors that have been going on, undergoing the approval process for restart for years and years and years, if they are still sitting on inventory, that inventory is going to be burned through as they restart these reactors. If any of these uh, potentially restarted reactors were not expecting a restart and are not sitting on sufficient inventory, they will potentially have to come into the market. Now, Japan coming into the market is not something that anybody had on their bingo card for this bull market, but hey, look, here we are. Uh, uh, now, also what we're talking about is um, an estimated, let's say, three, four, maybe five million pounds a year being sold into the market of Japanese inventories over the last decade. And it's definitely uh, assumed that as prices rise, any Japanese utilities that are sitting on decommissioned nuclear power plants or believe that the power plants that they are operating are not going to be restarted, possibly could be selling inventory back into the market. It's believed that a lot of Japanese inventory um, had been accumulated in a higher price environment during the previous bull market. Therefore, it's potential that some of these pounds are still sitting on the books for some of these Japanese utilities and higher prices could shake those pounds out. Well, if more reactors are restarted and they're done so in a faster timeline, it's less likely we're going to see inventory being sold into the market coming from Japan. So it's a supply and a demand scenario here with these accelerated restarts. Um, importantly, Japan is saying they want to build new reactors. They want to expand into advanced nuclear and SMRs. So think about the messaging that this is sending to the market and uh, to you know the world really is Japan, the country that has experienced the most recent nuclear meltdown, this is Fukushima in 2011, um, this is the talking point for uh, nuclear bears, let's say, not even in the investment side, but anytime you discuss nuclear and the viability of nuclear going forward as a green energy, um, um, the, those that are, uh, let's say, detractors for this particular technology will highlight Fukushima as one of the reasons that nuclear is not safe. Now, we know, um, you know, if you've been watching this channel, if you've been following uranium or the nuclear sector for any period of time and have given it an honest assessment, 
you understand that Fukushima resulted in zero deaths and the situation really was uh, not even 5% as bad as the media made it out to be. So the country that actually experienced this most recent um, negative event around nuclear is re-embracing nuclear. In fact, they're going to build new uh, nuclear power plants. This is an unbelievable message to the world. This is saying, okay, here we are. We're in Japan. We recognize we're in an energy crunch situation. And we have to import most, if not all, of our energy. Uh, natural gas prices are rising. Coal prices are rising. This is a way for us to grab the reins of our energy policy and actually move forward forthrightly. And we're doing so despite what happened at Fukushima. Going forward, now Japan says yes, nuclear, and the majority of the public is in support of this. Okay. So why did the market react like this? The market clearly understands these implications. Um, I do think that this also is one of those straw that broke the camel's back type of situations because the positive news has been coming through a fire hose over the summer while we've been in summer doldrums and risk off equities markets and frustrated retail investors are jumping ship uh, because all of this positive news continues to flow. Yet my stocks aren't moving. This is how it works in this sector. It's uh, slowly, 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 then all at once. And this is one of those all at once days. And you have to be positioned before these types of days happen. It's it's crazy the way this market works, but that's the way it works. So we've had what? We've had the bifurcation of the nuclear fuel markets, which I've talked about over and over. I'm not going to get into that right now. But as far as the uh, implications for the positive movement of the uranium price, it's a clear bullish element for this trade. What else have we had? The Inflation Reduction Act signed with uh, $30 billion in tax credits to support aging nuclear power plants, okay? Now we're hearing even the Palisades plant that was shut down last month or possibly in June, if I recall correctly, they're talking about restarting Palisades that was closed down because they know that these tax credits will make this a viable, profitable enterprise again for that, that plant. It's huge. Um, gosh, I mean, can the news flow be more positive? So now this Japan news just feels to me like um, like all of this other news kind of compounding. And that's just the last piece of news that that really lit the match. Um, and we had, you know, Michael Burry actually tweeted about um, nuclear, Japan's uh, re-embracing of nuclear and it being a positive thing for, for the country and an obvious choice for them to do. And this is all really just highlighting the, the terrible energy policy that's happening in Germany as as German citizens are paying all-time highs in energy prices. Uh, and now here we have, <laughs> it's so ironic, right? Because Fukushima was the reason, or at least the stated reason for Germany to start the phase out of nuclear because it's just not safe. And the public outcry was uh, was in support of the phasing out of nuclear in, G in Germany at the time. Now you actually have majority of public wanting them to at least keep their last three reactors online. And they absolutely could even restart um, at least two of the three that were recently decommissioned in December of last year. So the, the great irony, the country that actually did experience the nuclear accident is saying, yeah, we're going back to nuclear. We're going back big and we're doing it faster than we were previously planned. Yet Germany continues down this path of idiocy, unfortunately, for their for their citizenry. So that's the news. Um, really had a big day. Like I said, this is one of those recognition days. Um, we're lucky, lucky if we get one of these days every year where we have big volumes, uh, most of the stocks closing at or near the highs of the day. And um, uh, likely the beginning of a resumption of an uptrend. 
Now, of course, we could still be beholden to broad market weakness going forward. But in my opinion, this is probably a pretty big sign and a pretty big uh, trigger for a next move. And uh, going forward, we have a strong seasonal period um, just right around the corner after WNA, uh, after nuclear utilities. A lot of them get new budgets for the new fiscal year. Uranium fuel seminar in October, et cetera, et cetera, plus the trickling down of of the enrichment and conversion demand that we've already seen throughout this year hitting the, the U308 market, and that is coming. So I just want to remind everybody that we have um, recordings of our monthly webinars for members, and we just had one two days ago, okay? And in this members webinar, we um, we highlighted the the frustrating way that these equities have traded over the summer with the positive news flow continuing to come, but mentioning repeatedly that you have to stay in the game. You have to stay in the game because when these days and these weeks and these months that are moving positively, positively, when they come, they move so quickly that chasing these things can be very, very difficult and trading in and out of these can be very, very difficult as well. And when these days hit, they hit hard um, and you just have to stay in. And that's something that we focus on over and over in every monthly webinar and every monthly newsletter is how to survive the volatility and the best way to survive the volatility is to understand the fundamental backdrop and the fundamental picture for this investment. This is why we do 30, 35 plus page uh, monthly newsletters that focused majority uh, on uh, fundamentals for the sector and distilling down all of these moving parts into what it means for you as an investor. And hopefully for our members, we have helped you stay in the game. If you are not a member and you just enjoy these podcasts, I hope that uh, these podcasts have also helped you to understand this market. Um, if you do decide to become a member, you can access all of that previous content. You can go back and watch Monday's webinar. You can go back and watch July's webinar with Per Jander from WMC Energy, where we went deep into what's exactly going on in the fuel cycle, understanding overfeeding versus underfeeding, the implications of that going forward, and what that means for the uranium market coming up. I don't even know what to say if we see flows coming back into sput at the same time the uh, fuel cycle demand hits uranium we could see extraordinary moves extraordinary moves in this commodity and of course in the equities very exciting times all right thank you for watching i do appreciate all of you i will see you again tomorrow cheers